Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to worship this morning at First Presbyterian. Just a few announcements for you before we get underway with our service this morning. As a reminder, the ushers are going to come down the aisles in just a moment to collect prayer cards, which will be included later on in the service. So if you have special prayer requests, now is the time to grab one of those cards and fill it out. You can do so while I am reminding you that the Laotians have prepared lunch for us, and it's carry-out. So they have uh, food ready for, ready, they will have food ready to go for us right after this service over in the fellowship hall. It is one carry-out container per household. Uh, so, or you can just wait till the end and take everything that's left <laughs> if you want to. Um, I'd also remind you, you see the beautiful poinsettias up here. Wednesday is the last day uh, to get a Christmas memorial in uh, to support one of these poinsettias and to honor uh, a loved one. So uh, those green slips of paper should be in your bulletin. You can throw them in the basket over here for the offering or give them to any of your staff members uh, and we'll take care of it for you. Uh, also, I would remind you that Silent Nights is ongoing. That is our online Advent worship service that happens in this room at six o'clock on Wednesdays. You can find it on Facebook, on YouTube, on the church's website. We also convert it to the podcast uh, immediately following uh, that service. It is a service of song, of scripture, and of prayer. So anyway, you can join us virtually for that this coming Wednesday at six o'clock. And then next Sunday is Lessons and Carols, and that'll be our worship service both at 11 and at nine o'clock. And I said, Jenny, is it great? And she said, yes. So it'll be great. All right, with all that in mind, let us worship God. The day is near, and so we wait. As we prepare, grant us the courage to experience joy. Joy in our hearts, joy in our homes, joy in our communities. In this meantime, we will sing into the silence. We will light a candle against the darkness. pray. Dear God, in the height of our Advent walk, grant us the courage to experience joy. Joy in the face of sorrow, joy in the face of uncertainty, joy in worship of you, joy in the presence of new birth. Amen. Remain standing as we offer to God our confessions. We are praying our prayer of confession together and then there is time for silence for us to add our own prayers. It is printed in your bulletin. Holy God, we pray that you would forgive us this day. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. We take this moment now to offer our prayers of silent confession to you. We continue together. Thank you, O oh God, for the grace we have received in Jesus. 
Please let this grace animate our lives and embolden our faith that we might live as your disciples. Save us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I give to you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for he came into this world not to condemn the world, but to save it. He came as a savior for you, for me, for this world. So know that it is by his grace and work in your life that you are forgiven of your sin. And now he calls you to a life of peace. You may be seated for our special music.
Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the gospel according to Luke. It is chapter 3. And my piece of paper ended up in the gospel of John, which doesn't help us at all. How about Luke? There it is. Chapter 3, we're going to begin with verse 7, and we're going to go through verse 20. So I invite you now to listen to God's word for us today. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So, with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. But Herod, the ruler, who had been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So during this Christmas season, I have a favor to ask of you, and I'm hoping you will be gracious in this area. Should you ever need to fire me, please don't do it by Zoom. Can I request that? It's not too much to ask. I hadn't ever really thought about how I might be fired until this past week. There's a company called Better.com. I think everyone is now familiar with Better.com. They had to downsize this week. Did you see it? Did you see the Zoom call? Almost everybody has seen it. And they had to downsize this week. So the way that they decided to do that, the way that they thought would be best for downsizing was to gather 900 people on a Zoom call with the CEO. And this Zoom call lasted for three minutes, 
And at the end, the CEO said, if you are on this Zoom call, you are terminated effective immediately and we'll send you four weeks severance pay. And that was the end of the Zoom call. So you see why I ask. Now this bothered everybody. Like each week it feels like there's one kind of major villain on the internet. And this week the CEO of Better.com was rightfully so the villain on the internet. But you have to ask, why did it make everybody so angry? Like, what was it that triggered everybody about this Zoom call? Like, we're used to companies laying people off. This is not something new. Most of us understand that big companies lay off lots of people from time to time. Why was this such an event? And I think the reason that it was so upsetting to people was the way in which it just kind of brazenly dismissed the humanity of each of those 900 people that none of them were treated like an individual whose life had just been upended. They were treated exactly as the company saw them, as liabilities on the balance sheet. And it's upsetting. It's upsetting when we see people kind of brazenly treated as not people. It's not something that we, I think, are terribly comfortable with. Our modern world today encourages, I think, this sort of behavior in some ways. It encourages us, I believe, to see people sometimes as less than full individuals. It encourages us to see people as stereotypes, see people as simply whatever they put on their social media feed. It encourages us, if we're a business, to see human beings as consumers. It encourages us if we're political, to see individuals and human beings as the other side. Our society encourages us to set aside the full humanity of most everybody, really. And so it's not surprising what happened this past week, but it is good that people got so upset about it. Because it's good that we still have an ability to say, that's going too far. Every single major world religion has one teaching in common. What is that teaching? It's the golden rule. Every world religion has the golden rule. What is the golden rule? You know it. Your mother taught it to you when you were very young. What's the golden rule? So go ahead and say it. See if you can do better than day one. About 30% of them were willing to say it aloud. That was really good. You mostly, it was mostly a mumble to me, but almost everybody was saying something, and so way to go, everybody. Yes, do unto others as you'd have done to you. Treat people as you'd like to be treated. This is the golden rule. And what is the golden rule if you really boil it down? It is recognize that the other person you're dealing with is a full human being, just like you. Just like you, that person over there, whomever they may be, they are just like us. They have hopes and dreams. They have fears and pains. They have anxieties and histories. They have ideas about their future. They have thoughts and beliefs just like we do. But somehow, some way, it seems like there's something in us as people that makes us want to diminish the full humanity 
of people around us. And we, you know, we as Christians, we should really excel in the area of recognizing the full humanity of other people. We should be really, really good at it. Like, almost nobody should be better at it than we are. Like, we should be experts in this area in fully recognizing that every person we see and every person we meet is a full human being, beloved by God, no matter what the circumstances, they're just like us in the degree to which they're valued by the God we worship. We should be good at that. And why should we be good at that? Well, Christmas... Christmas should make us good at that. What is it we're celebrating here? Why is the tree up? Why are there poinsettias everywhere? Why are the candles lit? Why is, oh, the Advent, <laughs> the nativity's not on the communion table anymore. Why is baby Jesus out of the nativity scene? Why is all this here? It's because we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Think about it this way. For millennia, God had tried to get our attention. God had done this by speaking out of burning bushes. God had done this by putting rainbows in the sky and flooding the earth. God had done this by sending prophets to speak the truth of God to the people of Israel. God had done this by sending cherubim and seraphim, strange creatures floating in the sky, commissioning people to speak God's word. God had done all these things to get our attention and none of them had been particularly effective. And so finally, finally what does God decide to do? God decides to take his word, take his son, and do what with it? Make him human. What's the beginning of the Gospel of John remind us? The word became flesh. God's word God's Son became human, just like us. Of all the things that God could have done, of all the ways to try to get our attention, God chose this, the Christmas story, what we, in our theological jargon, call the doctrine of the incarnation, that God took on human flesh, took on humanity. So for us, as Christians, the fact that God did that, the fact that Jesus came into this world as a little baby, lived a human life just like our lives, that should tell us something important about people. It should tell us that people really, really matter, no matter who they are. Now, if you're going to go to all this trouble, if you're going to have Jesus be born in a manger, if you're going to take the Word of God and make it flesh, if the Son of God is going to take on human form, if this is going to happen, you don't just do that and just drop Jesus into the manger without anything happening. No, you get the world ready, right? you got to prepare. you got to till the soil a little bit. You've got to make sure that the world is ready for what's coming, ready for what's about to happen. And so how does this happen? Well, you send a guy, and you call him John, and you have him baptize people. And you have him preach a doctrine of repentance. And what's that mean? It means to turn around. You have him preach a doctrine of repentance. And he is the one who's to 
Get the path ready for Jesus to walk. He's the one who's supposed to make way in the wilderness. He's the one who's supposed to set the table for Jesus. And he's really good at it. And he's so powerful and he's so provocative that people flood out of cities and villages to hear him. And they get baptized and they hear about repentance and they hear him saying things like, you brood of vipers, the axe is right at the root of the tree. They hear these things and they say, what do we do? Because they're terrified and they're convicted and they're scared. When you read the Bible, you always have to remember that God's the author. God's the author of Scripture. And anybody who reads understands that the author makes choices in the story. And so here we have a choice. Here we have a choice. The people are ready. They are being baptized. They are repenting. They are understanding that they need to change. And they have said with open hearts and open minds, what do we do? John could have said anything to them. He could have said anything. He could have said Go and pray until you can't pray anymore. He could have said, go. Go to synagogue. Go every single day to the synagogue. Listen to what the rabbis are teaching you. He could have said anything to them. What do we do? If you have two coats, give one to someone who has none. And if you have food, do the same. We get ready for the arrival of Jesus by paying very careful and close attention to the people around us and our relationship to them. It's about people. It's about seeing other people as full human beings. We like to make Christianity about the rules, kind of, don't we? Don't we kind of like to make it about the rules? Like, this is not about rules. It's not about a list. It's about how we see every other human with whom we share this world. It's about people. Christmas is an excellent time for us to think about charity, and I'm so proud of the work that our congregation does. I really am. Everybody that worked on the Christmas store last week, that was amazing. Why do we do that? Is it for the toys? No. We are testifying to what we believe about our neighbors and our friends. We are testifying to how we see human beings. We are testifying 
to what we celebrate in this sanctuary when we decorate it with poinsettias and when we put up a tree and when we have a manger scene and when we hold our candles on Christmas Eve. The incarnation, the coming of Jesus into the world as a human, the Word of God made flesh, and that reminder that we got to get ready, that if we have two coats, give one to someone who has none, and if we have food, do the same. Repent. See the people around us, all of them, each of them. Jesus says to us, love God and love your neighbor. At the end of the day, you and I, that's our business. That's our job. That's what we do. God loves us, and so we love God's world. And that means with joy and with gratitude, we take off our coat and we give it to the person who has none, because they are us. Amen. In our prayers today, there will be a time of silence uh, for you to offer your own prayers. I would ask for you to remember uh, Nancy Windrith in your prayers this morning. She is uh, doing rehab in Fianna Hills to get stronger from a fall. And also ask you to remember Larry Price in your prayers. He is recovering from a golf cart accident, um, but he really banged up uh, one leg. Uh, so we will keep him in our prayers as well. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we can barely take in the message that you came. You came into this world that you are the Word of God made flesh right before us, knowing what it is to be human and loving us all the way. We can barely take that in. We pray today, though, that one step to better knowing your message to us, one step in getting ready, would be for us to follow what you command. To love God with everything we have and love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us, Lord, get ready. Help us live that way. We bring all of the love we have in prayer today for neighbors we know well and neighbors halfway around the world. We pray especially this morning for all of those who were affected by the tornadoes in Arkansas, in Missouri, in Kentucky. We pray especially for those who grieve this day, for those who lost loved ones in those storms.
We pray for all those who are far from home at this season, who long for a different reality, greater peace, greater safety, greater sustenance. We pray for all those this day who know those fears. And we pray for those in our own church family. We pray for Nancy this morning, for Larry. And we offer to you now, both in silence and aloud, particular people and particular situations. Lord, hear our prayers. Lord God, we offer prayers for those in our congregation who have shown us a bit of you, who have deepened our faith. We pray in particular this day for the family of Connie Lambiet upon her passing. We thank you for the gift of her life and the gift of all she was to us. Lord, we pray for all the saints who have gone before. Hear our prayers. It is in your precious name that we offer every prayer, and together we pray in that name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We do not pass plates, but there is a basket just at the corner of the poinsettias if you would like to give an offering following worship, or you will see online if you would like to give. For now, our worship continues to the glory of God with an offering of music.
Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this time of worship, for this opportunity to offer again our lives to you. And we give you thanks for all that you have offered us, for the great offering you are to this world. We ask that we would carry forth that offering in your name to all those whom we meet. It is in your name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Okay, don't forget, where are you going after this? To get your egg rolls. That's right. Head over to the fellowship or to the family center, and the Laotians are waiting for you. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you, and also with you.